Good evening. Welcome to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power 88, Dean Radio, and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Chris Kostich, alongside Adam Wright and Robert Shelley, our guest host. Robert, thank you for joining us. Now, I had to come on. The fans, hopefully they remember me, some of your longtime fans. We've never done a show together, Chris, because I haven't been on since you've been added to the rotation. But yeah, I got I got a lot to say today about the Patriots. Yeah, uh, I was told that you and Adam do have a podcast. Uh, what was it called again? It was the Pesky Poll, right? Yeah, Adam just shows up every now and again. Pesky Poll podcast, Red Sox podcast for all my New England fans who love their baseball. Figured I'd offer yeah. my charity. You know, he doesn't have charity. a co-host, so yeah. Okay, take that charity, and you know what to do with it. Okay. <laughs> all right so we'll get podcast <laughs> we'll get into it we got a lot planned for you guys tonight so we got 49ers running through dallas 42 to 10 patriots continuing to struggle losing 34 nothing to the saints largest home loss in the belichick era jags beating the bills in london jags continuing their success overseas also have top three bottom three as well as week five trivia and, of course, the Fumble Rooski fan box. So we'll get right into it. Start out with first topic, the Cowboys running amok on – oh, wow, that's awful. 49ers. Wow, that's a bad banner right there. My apologies. Had Cowboys in there twice, but – You're 200 episodes in. You yeah, sure? right. 49ers running through the Cowboys, 42-10. to 10. Um 49ers are for real. I think that's always been known, but this was an absolute decimation. I mean, the spread being at five and a half, 49ers being five and a half point favorites, and they go out and perform the way they did. They they just looked unstoppable. Cowboys, I mean, how good are they, really? Their only three wins were against the Jets, the 49ers, and... Why am no, I Jets, Cardinals, team? and Patriots. Yeah, Jets, Car. No, they lost to the Cardinals. It's my bad. Jets, Patriots, and who's uh, Giants? Giants. Three really bad teams. So they don't really have a good win on their record yet. So how how good are they, Adam? We'll start out with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, Chris, you have put it very eloquently in the past couple of weeks they're they're a middling playoff team who's going to lose in the wild card round to specifically the 49ers like that's that's just what they are they have enough talent to be competitive but their coaching holds them down and the talent that they do have it falls apart in in at moments when it matters most and until they make some changes that's what they're going to be for the next five to ten years robert anything to add to that I mean, I can agree with what Adam said. It just depends on what talent you're talking about. Obviously, quarterback goes exactly what with Adam said. Dak's gonna fumble when it comes time to when it comes time to get into the playoffs and it comes time to clutch situations. I honestly have them losing to the Eagles in the first round, but don't want to play. They're, they're gonna lose in the first round. We can both agree. Wildcard team, probably a six seed, first round loss. Um, but yeah, Dak's gonna crumble under pressure. Tony Pollard. Probably. Some of those guys on defense, absolutely not. I think some of those guys are just going to be absolute wreckers. Doesn't matter the situation. 
but it's just the overall inconsistency with them. Sometimes they'll be great and they will have no problems with their opponents. It's not even like they're playing down to competition. It's just they can't play up to where other competitive teams can go. We just saw that this 49ers team didn't really even use their star weapon, Christian McCaffrey, that much. I think he had, what was it, one touchdown or two? But he wasn't used to. He didn't need to. George Kittle had three with an F Cowboys shirt underneath. And that was hilarious, by the way. So, yeah, I just I just think they're not good enough to get to the levels that some of these teams, like the 49ers, like the Eagles, are able to get to. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And, Dak, that was one of, probably one of the worst games I've actually really seen him play, too. 14 for 24, three interceptions. And it's funny because – I had me and my buddies, we all threw in a leg on a parlay on DraftKings. And my buddy put in, uh, Dak would throw, have over a half interceptions. And I was like, damn, we should have, we should have put more on that, but should have made it at one and a half. But just a awful night in general. Cowboys couldn't get the run game going either, especially for how good the Cowboys' offensive line is supposed to be. But that 49er defense is something else. The entire 49er team is just ridiculous. And I, my main bet was going to be that the Cowboys would lose to the 49ers in San Fran. And that would probably be like a divisional round matchup. But like you guys said, Cowboys aren't making it out of the first round. 49ers are probably going to be the one seed. So they won't even see them at that rate. But the other topic we wanted to get to is Brock Purdy. You know, I, I know that we said before the show that we probably start shouldn't start these conversations, but I, I think it's time to start. I think it's time to start. 17 for 24, 252 yards, four touchdowns, three of them to George Kittle, like you guys said. Lit it up. Is Brock, is Brock Purdy, should Brock Purdy be considered a top 10 QB at this point? Top 10, I would definitely I'd say he's already there, but I think I think the conversation of him being an elite quarterback, like the elite of the elite, needs to start at this point. It really does. I understand like we keep on saying the only thing that's holding him back is two things. Number one, that they have a lot of talent around him, which is true. And number two, that it's been a small sample size. It's not a small sample size anymore. He's won 10 in a row. Like that's that is not that is not a small sample size. The only game that they lost with him is where he where he literally tore up his elbow in the first quarter of the game. So you you can't even hold anything against him at this point unless unless you talk about the talent around him. But to that I ask you, why are we giving Mac Jones the pass for not having enough talent? And Kenny Pickett in the same breath and not giving it to Brock Purdy when so when it's when Mac Jones struggles, it's he needs all of this talent around him and then he'll be good. If Brock Purdy is good it, with all of that talent, we have to say, oh, it's all the talent. He's not actually this good. It's one way or the other. You can't just you can't have both here. You have to pick one. So I honestly think Brock Purdy is the real deal. Yes, having talent around you helps, but. Not to this extent where you're going to NFC championships in your rookie year. I think I think it's start time to start having that conversation. Um, if if I may interject here, 
A uh, few things that I agree with you, Adam. Borderline top 10, I, I would agree. I'd say more just to be more comfortable top 15. Still done very good. The thing with Brock Purdy, though, is he's not expected to do anything crazy. He's obviously not expected to carry his team. He is told, okay, this is your job. Do nothing more. Do nothing less. And he fits it to a T. He does his job perfectly. Now, going with what you said about talent, I am not giving Mac Jones, and we'll get to this, I'm not giving Mac Jones the graces. He's been atrocious. Okay? Screw the O-line around him. Screw the team around him. Him himself has been atrocious. You okay. can say the same Kenny thing Pickett. about Kenny Pickett and Tua Tungvaluwa. Yeah. Like they've yeah. they've been very Tua. iffy. Tua's been good. Tua's been, been good fine. this year. He's been okay. Yeah, Tua's been he fine. Can be Mac Jones has been terrible. Mac Jones has been terrible. But getting back to Brock Purdy, yeah, top ten. But he's not expected to do anything crazy. Okay, with this team that is built to basically be almost without a quarterback, all he has to do is come in, do his job, don't try and overperform. And his team will get wins. That's all he has to do. Doesn't have to do anything crazy. In 24 throws, he averaged 10 and a half yards per attempt. Yeah. That's not, he's, that's, he's not I'm th- not saying that's doing anything crazy, but they are letting, they're unleashing him. They are allowing him yeah. to throw. Even in a no, blowout. No, no, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's just with him. It's just, hey, you have two progressions and a three yard check down. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying is that this system is devised for him that he doesn't have to go crazy. Like, for example, just throwing names out there, a Mahomes offense without uh, Travis Kelsey. He's got to do crazy things in order to get that team to where it's got to go. A Lamar team without any weapons, you know? Something something along those lines. Brock Purdy doesn't have to do with that. Because even if Christian McCaffrey's injured, he's got George Kittle. He's got Brandon Ayuk. He's got Debo Samuel. He's got so many weapons around him. Offensive line is great, you know? So he's got all this stuff around him. He doesn't have to do anything crazy. Okay, yeah, that's a fair point. But Chris, what are your thoughts? I will say that I think the biggest part about being a quarterback at as a former high school, college quarterback um, would be that you would have to – your best trait is to get the ball to your best guys, to your skill guys, and that's the biggest part about football as a quarterback. And that's what Brock Purdy is doing, and he's doing it at it a exceptionally high level granted yeah he's got the weapons around him but it's the matter that he's able to still get the ball to his guys at an efficient rate but we'll leave it at that so we'll take a quick break when we come back we'll talk about the patriots in there another historic loss here on the fumble ruski podcast Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski Podcast. Adam Wright, Chris Gostich, Robert Shelley. As we move on to our next topic, the Patriots. Man, it just... 
You thought it couldn't get worse, and it just got worse. Losing 34-0 to zero to the Saints. The worst home loss in the Belichick era. Man, I, I just don't really know what else to say at this point. It's... I don't even want to start. I... I'll start. Robert, take it. Want me to? Or Adam? I don't. Okay. I, don't I, I got starts. it. I got it. All right. Get, yeah, so, we'll give him the reins. Let's this, see what you this team. Say. This team defensively, we can all agree, has been above average. Not great, but above average throughout this year. Now without Matt Judon. Now without the potential, not anymore, obviously, but potential defensive rookie of the year in Christian Gonzalez. Without those two guys, this defense is average at best. Yep. Okay. I mean, Great. bringing, yeah, so that's the, the offense, okay? This team does not have an elite playmaker at a skill position. Ramondre Stevenson is a power back. Ramondre Stevenson is good to get you five yards at a time. He's not going to get you 60, 70 in one play. None of these receivers are going to get you 60, 70 yards in one play. This team that used to rely on its O-line and being a top five, top three in football is what, bottom Bottom five, bottom ten right now. Yes, injuries, but this team has relied on its depth too in the in the trenches. So that's not even an excuse. The offensive line has been terrible, but all of our all of our problems start at the quarterback. Okay, we last year it was all it's Matt Patricia's fault. Matt Patricia is designing terrible plays for Mac Jones. Bailey Zappi comes in, he looks amazing, but with Mac Jones, it looks terrible. I saw a comment on an Instagram page saying we need we need to give Matt Patricia an apology. At that point, it's kind of right. Not saying Matt Patricia did amazing. He was still bad, but he was not as bad as we're putting him out. The problem is in the quarterback. You give this team an average, slightly above average quarterback, they're in the playoffs, in my opinion. You put Tua on this team and you devise a game plan around Tua, potentially a quarterback team or a playoff team. You let me see. You put Kirk Cousins, the averagest of averages, on this team, this team gets nine wins. The problem is in the quarterback position. It has been terrible. Think about the two games where we were actually competitive and lost between the Eagles game and the Miami game. Two teams that are expected to go into the playoffs and farther. We were in it for the entire time. But for the entire first half, the Patriots did all of you-know-what on offense, and the defense had to carry it's the problem is the problem is in the offense. The problem is in the quarterback. This team will not be good until that quarterback spot is changed. I think it's a little more than that. I think it's more so the personnel all around. And you touched on this. They don't have any skill positions who are actually elite. Not since they lost Chris, Christian Gonzalez and Matt Judon. So, mm-hmm. like I and I I did think that this team would be, you know, maybe middling, maybe a playoff contending bad. No. From seeing some injuries from underperforming players, this team is like bottom of the league bad, which does have some silver lining here, which brings me to my point and my takeaway after this loss. They need to hit the reset button. Belichick kind of alluded to it at, during the pre, during the postgame press conference, but I think they need to do it. And when you have when you have an elite quarterback prospect, one of the best, in years going through the going or since Lawrence Lawrence, since Lawrence you have Caleb Williams there and you have a chance to just continue losing games Ooh, 
You are the mighty New England Patriots. You need to hold yourself to that standard. Go get that big shiny object in Caleb Williams. I am on the tank for Caleb Williams train. So I will say, hold on, I'm trying to find the stat right now. So here are a couple stats that I do want to throw out there. Despite, according to BC State Network, Mac Jones currently has a 84.7 grade as a quarterback. Still pretty solid. Another stat is that, hold on, I'm sorry. I thought I was going to have this up like sooner, but now I can't find it anyways. But another you stat want- that I've... Hmm? I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, if you want to keep, if you want to keep looking for it and I could just talk about Mac Jones. Then... No, fine. Um, the other stat that I saw is that we, so we were continuously ripping on Justin Fields for the beginning part of this season. And through the last two games, Justin Fields has more touchdowns, less interceptions, more yards, and a higher completion percentage than Mac Jones at the moment. Um, I think the, I mean, the other problem, you just got to look at how this team is built. Bill did not, he, he just pulled it out of his ass or something, you know, part of my language, but it's not a good team. He didn't make the right moves during the off season. He squandered opportunity to draft possibly a good receiver in the draft. Could have pop could have even gotten freaking Hopkins. He could have gotten D hop. And we probably wouldn't have the same problems unless you were to beef with Bill O'Brien. But if the Patriot Ways taught me anything, throw that shit out the window because it's winning time. Excuse me. I'm sorry. But you are forgiven. I'm sorry. Uh, if he starts swearing, I'm going to start swearing. That's the rules. Robert. Okay. Sorry. I'd, I just got really like into it for a second there. But um, I'm used to it with Tuck talking about his Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got a personal gripe with the Ravens too this week, but we'll get back to that. Well, it's just bad. And on top of that, you look at Belichick's record without Tom Brady. It just looks worse and worse. And to, uh, and to top it all off, you got you lose to the you lose to the Saints, who in the last few years without Drew Brees, they they literally showed a score graphic how the Saints and the Patriots have done without Brady and Brees. The Pats have still had much better stats than the Saints up to that point. They were, they had significantly more yards. They only had like two or more points per game, but they're doing significantly better than the Saints, and the Saints made them look like a JV high school team out there. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Don't get me wrong. The Saints have boosted up this, this offseason slightly by adding a few key pieces, but still. Derek, Derek Carr, and we said this before we hit the record button, not even prime Derek Carr, not even 2016 Derek Carr. Just it's, it's 30, what, Derek 32, Carr. 33-year-old, past his prime, yep. washed partially, with all due respect, of course, washed to Derek Carr. And never mind the – never mind Derek Carr. I mean, the – The Saints running game – that day too was pretty good too. 136 yards on the ground. Kamara had 80 for himself. They pretty much force fed him the ball all day. He had three receptions as well. You know, it it wasn't like it was just one part of the game. It wasn't like Derek Carr was killing him. It was all parts of the Patriots defense that was falling apart. You know, you, mm-hmm. you also are supposed to get a great draft pick out of Keon White. What the hell is he doing? Yeah. Nothing. No one's doing anything. 
Uh, unless you guys got something else to say, I got one more thing to wrap us up. I have one talking. more as well, but please go and then I'll go after you. All right. Um, I'll leave you with this. Bill Belichick has co- has head coached in 10 different seasons um, in the past few decades without Tom Brady. 10 seasons. Made the, made the playoffs twice. I'll leave it at that. And don't give me that Browns BS because the, those Browns became the Ravens who won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, a couple of years later. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. May I, I still need to mention that he has two Super Bowls without Brady. Still the greatest coach of all time. As a yeah, defensive coordinator. coordinator. Right. As a D coordinator. It, it, it still has a few. Okay. Well, Nathaniel but, Hackett's a pretty good offensive coordinator, but we've seen how he can do as a head coach. Yes, and I understand that. But you gotta remember that I mean, let's let's look at it this way with like athletes. We don't we don't kill them for being washed at the end of their career. For example, Peyton Manning. Very few people talk about how Peyton got dragged to that Super Bowl kicking and screaming, right? Could be the same with coaches. Maybe you'll lose it a little bit. He's going to have that job for as long as he can. Um, No, sorry. One more thing about the uh, defense. Or what was – and now I completely forgot it because I was going on that that ramble about coaching. So skip me. Go. We'll also say that since Brady has left, all of the worst wins that Patriots have had have all been in the last – four years, I would say, or the top five worst losses that he's had have all come in within the last three years, yeah, four Mm -hmm. years. But we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have trivia and as well as the Jags beating the Bills in London here on the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Chris Kostich, Adam Wright, and our special guest host, Robert Shelley. As we'll move on to the week three trivia for this week. And I wanted to make it, or week five trivia, sorry. But I wanted to make it about the quarterbacks again. We made it about fantasy scores and whatnot. And we talked about a little bit of history as well the last few weeks. But... I wanted to get back to the present with this one. I want you guys, I want you guys to guess the top five quarterbacks that have been sacked this year. I want okay. to say, give me CJ Stroud. Not on the list. Not on the list. Uh, my other guess was going to be Trevor wait, Lawrence. Wait, wait, wait. I, I was going to say, wanna re- it- Adam, just to let you know, CJ Stroud has only been sacked eleven times. And to give you a comparison, the top two guys are almost at 30. So Adam, Adam, let's go, let's go back and forth so you can get to three. Okay. Cause he said top five. Well, um, okay. unless you guys want to do 10, we can do 10. 
Oh. Screw it, sure. Okay, so he said, who, who are you going with first? Well, you said Stroud, but you said Trevor Lawrence. Just remember, we only have 10 minutes in this segment. Um, yep. And we still need to cover the, the Jaguars and the Bills. Yeah, yeah, so let's just do the five. Let's just do the top Screw five. Screw that then. game. All right, but I will give me give me Josh Allen. Josh Allen's not on the list. Jeez. Okay. Give me uh in uh let's go with he hasn't played enough games. I just had a name and now I'm blanking on it. So let's go with Kirk Cousins. Not on the list. Joe Burrow. Not on the list. Oh. I gotta then I gotta go with it, Mac Jones. No, think of bad teams. You just gotta think of bad teams. Bad teams. The, oh wait, I remember my name. Okay, Adam, you sure. Justin Fields. Justin Fields is on the list. Oh, with all the improvements they made on that line. I know they lost Braxton Jones, but. I'm, I'm going to go with one of my favorite crappy quarterbacks out there, Mr. Danny Derps himself, Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. On the list. Justin Fields is three. Daniel Jones is two. It's surprising. When I saw this list, it made me laugh because I couldn't believe that there was someone that got sacked more than Daniel Jones through five weeks. <laughs> but 11, 11 in one game. That's just he got sacked eleven times in one game. What game was that? It was against the Seahawks. They had a clinic Holy against them. Man. They threw back to their to their uh, Legion of Boom days. Yeah, it was bad. Hey, your turn, Adam. All right, uh, Bryce Young. Nope. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Sam Howell. He is number one on the list. Sam Howell has twenty has been sacked twenty nine times. Daniel Jones has been sacked twenty eight times. So you guys got two more. Back to the NFC least. All right, I'm up to one, Adam. All right. Um, let's see. I want to say, I want to say Tua. Nope. No, he said think of bad teams. So if I'm gonna go to the yeah. NFC and I'm gonna think of bad teams, I'm obviously gonna go to the NFC South. So I'm gonna go with Mr. Desmond Ritter. He, he is number five. He's been sacked 16 times. Okay. Uh, uh fish me... off number four. Take your L. Jimmy Garoppolo. Nope. Oh. I'm gonna go. This team hasn't been bad, but I remember this guy getting sacked a lot. Let's go Baker Mayfield. Not Baker Mayfield. Half these guys that you're guessing aren't even in the top 10. Damn, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, number four. He nice. Got, good guess. He's been good goal. He's been he still lost to the baseball guy, times. but that's okay. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 sink our teeth into this Jaguars-Bills team. Yeah, Where's so ja Jags winning in London over the Bills. I mean, I feel like you could see this coming, right? It, you have the Jaguars staying two weeks straight in London. They have this advantage over the Bills. The Bills came out basically sleepwalking the, the first three quarters. They were still able to make it a game. But on top of that, the, the Jaguars just had their way. And the Bills really did not come out of London looking too great either. Tredavious White out for the season, torn ACL. Matt Milan is injured now. It's are the Bills 
potentially out for contender, maybe. I don't know, because this Bills defense had been playing really good the last four or five weeks, or four weeks, excuse me. But I don't know. It's it, The way that it's kind of crumbled, it feels like the Bills offense needs to really put up some more more than 20 points to win these games, more towards the 30s. I See, I like this matchup. I like how this game went because Robert picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl, and I picked the Jaguars to go to the AFC Championship. So Okay, Adam, um, Adam, you can take that stick out of your ass, okay? It was one game, and last I checked, if I go back in my text messages, you were saying, oh, I hate my Jags pick. Like I didn't say I hated ago. the pick. I you said, said I was I'm not feeling how because they said, were they've they've banking they, it up. Yeah, okay. they had a twelve had wins a, my ass. Okay, they've had a slow start to the season. My ass. They're winning twelve games this year. I've already the looked at the no, schedule. Not. There's two games that I can definitively say that they are going to lose this in the, throughout the rest of the season. Bengals, 49ers. After that, they'll probably have one slip up, and then it's smooth sailing. They're going to win 12 games. This is a little feeling out stage. These are some I'm some still, teams. I'm still sticking with Some 10. good teams have early season struggles. The Bengals, namely, last year, they started one and three. This year, two. And this year, and they're back two. I'm telling – so they're winning, they're winning 12 games. But either way, so looking at this Bills team, they've lost a lot on defense, a lot, and it's really bad on their defensive line, in their secondary. And this is the second straight year where they've been losing pieces on, to their defense, which has ultimately been their undoing later on in the season. I said it before. This is a very good Bengals-Bills uh, team, a Bills team that is a safe bet to win 11 to 13 games. It's going to happen. They're going to win 12 to 13 games around that level. But what is going to be the issue is – how they perform in big moments and how they're in how healthy their defense is. We're already seeing it on offense. Their quarterback can't stop turning the ball over. Can't play well in big moments. Their defense can't stay healthy. You put those two factors together and that makes for bad football in January. As for the Jaguars, they're getting healthier. They're getting more pieces added to their offensive line. And their their team looks a lot better by the by the week. I do want to throw these stats out there real quick before uh, Robert responds. But Josh Allen, twenty seven for forty, two touchdowns, an interception, three hundred fifty nine yards. The rushing attack for the Bills, they only had twenty nine yards. James Cook had five carries, minus four yards. Trevor Lawrence. 25 for 37, 315 yards, one touchdown. Travis Etienne Jr., 26 carries, 136 yards, two touchdowns. And the whole rushing attack as a whole put up 196 yards. Hmm. This is a constant problem for the Bills. They've always had a problem with their rushing attack. And here it is yet again, a big game, and the rushing attack doesn't show up. There's another good point. Rushing attack has been a problem. Always been a so, problem. Is it is it time to hit the panic button on the Bills yet? No. Not in, in my opinion, no. I don't think it's time to panic with them yet. Just because, you know, I can I can chalk this game up to two things, right? What you what you just said, 
Bills don't have a very good run defense. Jags ran all over them. And the fact that Jags have been over in London for a week and a half now, and the Bills looked sluggish as all hell. And when I was looking at this game, I said, because I am very much a betting man, so when I was looking at this game trying to cook up my parlays, I was like, I don't feel confident in this. It could go either way, but I don't feel confident in this just because Jags have been over there. And it's basically a home game for the Jaguars. Like, let's be honest, London has adopted Jacksonville as they That's false. That's false. That's false. There was a huge amount of Bills fans at that game. Well, no, majority is Jacksonville. It was the same Majority is Jacksonville, but if you watch the game, there was a ton of Buffalo okay. fans that made the trip. Okay. I will say. But point point still stands. Okay. It borderline a whole it we'll we'll call it we'll call it a Chargers home game for the for Jacksonville. Okay. Same same thing. Okay. So I can you know, that. when I was looking at this game, I'm just like, I'm not confident in it just because of the travel. Talk to me next week. Who did the Bills face next week? I don't know off the top of my head. I'll have to look question. off off the top of my head. I, I got you. Week Give six. A second. I have I have I have it up right now. Hang on. Uh they uh, got Giants. the Giants. Yeah, they're, they're if, that's a win. If, if so. they lose if they lose against the Giants, I will say they're not contenders anymore. Okay. Because there okay. ain't no way Danny Darps is out dueling Josh Allen. Okay. Right. You can put that on freezing cold takes if you want to. We Monday. all agree they're going to win eleven to thirteen games. That's not that's going to happen. All right. That I don't think we anyone disputes that here. I'm not. If they don't do, do we think they're still gonna win the AFC East? Yes. Or do we think Miami's a sleeper? Miami's I'm a sleeper, but their offensive lines in shambles. Yeah, you know what? New, know. New England's winning the AFC East. Shut up. Not biased. It's <laughs> in poor taste. Go to the next segment. Come. This, I'm done with this. I'm Wrap done with up. this Wrap guy. Up. All right, we'll move on. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We have top three, bottom three for week five. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Chris Kostich, Adam Wright, Robert Shelley. We move on to the top three, bottom three for week five. A lot of good. I thought there was a lot of more good contenders for top three, and it was a lot harder for me to choose bottom three for this week, but I digress. Starting out with the top three, Jaguars. I thought a very impressive win over the Bills, like we were just talking about. 25 to 20 victory and all facets of the game for them was working out. Uh, the New York jets, you know, granted it's still not a great game to watch jets and the Broncos, but oddly entertaining and a great karma win for Nathaniel Hackett, the bears. Jeez. Where, where did this come from? First of all, 40 to 20, 
DJ Moore, eight catches, 230 yards, three touchdowns. Justin Fields basically got his career saved by DJ Moore, but regardless, yes. he still had a fantastic game. 282 yards and four touchdowns. Unbelievable performance from both players, but honorable mention, uh, the Bengals and the 49ers. The Bengals, obviously, great win to kind of get themselves back on the right track. Jamar Chase, another 10-plus, 150-yard-plus game for him. Um, he's now with Jerry Rice for multiple, like, not just one game. He's done this multiple times now, and he's and he's tied with Jerry Rice for multiple games with 10-plus receptions and 150-plus receiving yards in one game. I think the number was three for both guys. But uh leave it to you, fellas. What do you guys think? Um, I think, so right off the bat, so Bengals deserve to oh, be where they are. So Sorry, I, and the 49ers, obviously, Cowboys, that whole win. 49ers brought in the Cowboys. I just wanted to throw that out there. Make yeah. sure, just in case no one was aware already. Of course. Bengals deserve to be where they are. That's a good spot for them. Honorable mention. They blew doors, but an uh, important thing is Burrow looks healthy. No, uh, biggest thing I would say uh, 49ers deserve to be in there. They blew the doors off of a competitive playoff team. Jets, they won the game. They uh, they rallied around Nathaniel Hackett. They didn't look great doing it. Also, the Broncos suck. So I would say swap out the 49ers and the Jets for me. Robert, your thoughts? If, if I may, come, come close. Come close right now. DJ Moore saved my fantasy team, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Okay, DJ Moore saved my sorry ass in fantasy. CJ, I'm sorry I had to do it to you. All right, I even had um, who's the Colts running back? Zach Moss, is that his name? Zach Moss, yeah, yeah. I had Zach Moss on the bench, and he had 35 fantasy points for me. But in terms of this, yeah, Jags deserve to be up there. Anytime you beat a contender, great. Jets didn't win. They just didn't lose. Okay, so them being in the top three, I don't agree with. Bears, yeah, they looked awesome for once. It's never going to happen again, but they looked awesome. And, yeah, honorable mentions, no problems with. Now, let, now let's see the Patriots in the bottom three. All right. Let's let's, let's see, see it. it. Throw, throw it. Throw yeah, it there. there it is. Cowboys, yeah. Pats, Commanders. Um, Commanders, obviously, really bad game. Though I do commend them for – at least making it somewhat of a game in the second half. Pats, 72-3 mm -hmm. in their last two games. Cowboys looking like the Cowboys. Honorable mention, the Ravens and the Bills. The Ravens, I get that that's like an AFC North rival game. It's the Steelers and the Ravens. Anything's going to happen, but like, geez, the receivers just suck over there. Golly. Bills. I mean, that's going to be a competitive game regardless, and I'll give them the fact that you're traveling to London against a team that's been over there for a week and a half, two weeks. So I'll give them that, but I'm also hitting them with the honorable mention just for the injuries that they're they're sustaining, and I don't know. The outlook isn't great, I'll say. I'll say you nailed this list. Everyone is exactly where they should be. 
the Patriots, the Patriots hit a new low as if they, as if they could have even reached a new one from last week, the Cowboys where they have us questioning if the Cowboys will even be the Cowboys. If they have hit a new low, the commanders suck. The Ravens, the Bills, as honorable mentions, I like this. This is this is about as good as I would put it, yeah. Okay, I just have two comments. Your bottom three are perfect. I would just change out the honorable mentions. Ravens deserve to be in there. Honestly, at this point, they should just play their games in a hospital infirmary. It'd be quicker to get the players there after, during the game, you know. Uh, I don't think the Bills should be in there, like I said before, just because traveling to London, that's going to take a toll. Uh, I think the Giants should be there instead. The Giants. I that was Ooh, a, that's a th- good that one. was that was a team that was deep in my mind. Actually, I was really, I was in between the Bills and the Giants. Um, so for the, the Giants, bottom, bottom three, I give a solid solid B plus A minus two. Thank you. Um, the Giants was definitely in the back of my mind because they they forced three turnovers, one of them being a pick six, and mm-hmm. they still lost thirty one sixteen. Because Daniel Jones sucks. You expect the Giants to be bad. The Bills, the Bills, they were bad. And yeah, it was against a competitive team, but they were bad. They like they they're supposed to be better than they are. Don't let that final score fool you. Yeah, and that was kind of a London game, though. You gotta remember. Okay. Trying to tell you. So so we'll we'll move on. Um We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have the Fumble Ruski fan box from you guys' submissions. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Chris Kostich, Adam Wright, and our special guest, Robert Shelley. Um, So we'll move on to our final segment of the episode, the most underrated performance from week five. Um, So the Fumble Rooski fan box, we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So Jack Hartman says Jared Goff. I mean, they blew doors, so it makes yeah. sense. And like, uh, uh, so John also, it was Jack, but there was another kid on our last fan box who said, who picked Goff for MVP. Wouldn't go that far. But he's been pretty solid. I've I've liked Jared Goff. I always thought that he could be a quarterback on a Super Bowl winning team. He limits his mistakes and he does all of the right things when he has talent, which is what he has this year. So I like him. I'd agree. Not MVP, but definitely at this point, especially with how the Vikings have been absolutely terrible and um, Justin Jefferson being on IR, that – I, I think the Lions are going to win the NFC North on the back of Jared Goff doing very well. Yep. 
Yeah, Jared Goff, 20 for 28, 236 yards, three touchdowns in that one. Um, another underrated performance that personally I would say is Adam Thielen in that game if we we're just going to throw stuff out there. 11 catches, 107 yards, one touchdown. And he's a guy we don't really do a lot of fantasy stuff around here that much at the moment. But if, if I was to throw in some fantasy advice, don't be afraid of throwing Adam Thielen in that flex spot or that – Wide receiver two. He's been getting 13 targets a game the last few games. So that would be mine. My team, by the way. Exactly. Um, John Warren, Brees Hall off of his ACL injury. He's needed some time to get ready. And we have shown we have seen flashes of his former self, which is encouraging. Encouraging for 2024, not 23. And yes, this was great. It shows what he is potential, what he is potentially. I'd pump the brakes real quick on bright on Brees Hall. I like him, but give him some time. 22 carries, 177 yards, one touchdown. Robert, your thoughts? I mean, I completely agree with everything Adam said, but this is just coming from the same guy who drafted B. John Robinson eight overall and was going to call him the next savior of his fantasy team. So I wouldn't really Which take this guy's true. advice. Uh, no, it no, the hell it is not. Okay. No, He's it is one not. of the best running backs in fantasy this year. Still not not deserving of the eighth overall pick. Okay, yes. you're still nuts. That second rounder, maybe eighth overall pick, you can shove it. All right, Mo- moving on. Michael Price and Brett is Bruce and Castillo. All right, man. <laughs> uh, Michael Price uh, took the uh, the running back on the other side of this game, Jaleel McLaughlin. Uh, sure, nine carries, no. sixty eight yards. It. Average rushing average wise, it looks good, but I don't know. It's it's not the most standout game in the world. I can think the, of other the opportunities there for him. Yeah, you know he's he's yeah. now he's a rookie. He's their lead back right now. Javante Williams is hurt. Um, who is who even is their other guy? It's Samaji Pirine. Yeah, Samaj Pirine. Yeah. I'm not so, a huge fan of him. Nice as a backup to Joe Mixon yeah. in the Bengals days, but you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been he's been doing okay, nothing crazy, you know. He's not a guy that I'd say was an underrated performance. Yeah, seven yards of carry is good, but I guess, yeah, I, I'm. That's not one that I completely agree with, but I'll leave it be. Uh, Cal Finnamore says Desmond Ritter, and I, I like this one. I like this one a lot. Uh, Desmond Ritter had a much better game than last week to say the least 28 for 37, 329 yards and one touchdown. And here's a stat for you guys. Desmond Ritter has not lost a home game since his junior year of high school. Good really? for him. I guess Damn. <laughs> that's one of the most random ass stats by the most random ass people I've heard. It is, but like it, it makes sense considering that the Falcons are three and zero at home right now. Okay. That's true. I mean, like, I like Desmond Ritter is a very prime example of a guy who, let's say, if you give him a solid line and you give him some pieces to throw to, then he'll be fine. I don't think Desmond Ritter's the guy, but he's he's showing to be functional as a quarterback, which is all the Falcons really need to be competitive in in one of the worst divisions in football. The worst. I mean, I, I would I'm honestly trying throw, to be nice, but <laughs> correct. 
um, add another name in if you think another name belongs in here. But three names that I think of off the top of my head between Desmond Ritter, Gardner Minshew, and Mike White. Three guys that can all fill a kind of Nick Foles-esque role. As to be a guy to come in for stop gaps at a time, not the guy. You cannot build a team around him, Jacksonville. Okay, or Chicago. I still can't believe they gave him an $80 million contract. And I still can't believe Chicago traded for that. Yeah. And then drafted Justin Fields later. And then drafted Justin Fields and then told him to, you know, I'm not going to say it. No, keep it PG. Good. Yeah, that was it's all the fan box responses that and we have featured for here. Just want to say thank you again, Jack Hartman, John Warren, Michael Price, and Kyle Finnamore for saying us your responses. Of course, don't be afraid to throw in your hot take questions and whatnot. Uh, we post the question filter on our Instagram every Monday and respond with anything that you like as long as it makes sense. None of this, no like stupid posts or stupid questions and whatnot. But, we underrate how terrible Mac Jones was, okay? Yeah. But that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to the Fumble Ruski Podcast. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. And be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRuski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.